We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It is Monday morning, and it's time to talk a little bit of Broncos with Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? How was the uh, pound on the pavement this weekend? <laughs> it was good. I, uh, I'm glad I've got a good rental car deal because I put about 800 miles on a rental. Uh, shout out to the Nissan Altima at 41 miles per gallon, though. That was nice. Man, that is nice. Yeah. Yes. But 800 miles, that saved me a lot of money. That's, and that's one of the reasons why I rent cars. So uh, over to Northwest Georgia, down to Southeast South Carolina and home on Saturday. It was uh, 800 miles in two days. And I could have been halfway to Colorado by then. Do you have hotel points too? Are you staying in hotels? Are you just like back and forth from home or setting up a tent? What's going on? <sighs> Travel soccer is a pain and yeah. they make you stay in this hotel. You will stay in this hotel and it's required and they care more about that than actually winning games. Hmm. Um, so I, I have a ton of points on Hilton, but we don't ever stay in Hilton. So I've signed hmm. up for the Marriott Holiday Inn and everything else like that. Well, Hotels can be fun, uh, but uh, glad to hear it was a good sports weekend for you overall. Here we had good weather. I didn't go into the office for the first time in like three months on the weekend, so that was nice. And uh, saw the Guardians of Galaxy last night. Enjoyed that as well, the uh, the latest one. So my wife is a giant uh, Marvel nerd, so she really wanted to go see it. So we did. Um, good weekend overall, and hopefully everybody else had a good weekend in here. Dominique Martin saying, morning Broncos family, MHH for life. Shout out to the host and producer as usual. Thank you, Dominique. Says Russ is going to have to take all his criticism as well as face the fact of bad play last season and ball out. There's plenty of criticism and the punches will keep coming until he shows better. Kind of like as Dominique says, and I hope that he understands that. I'm sure he does. And I'm sure Sean Payton understands that as well. Although Sean Payton kind of gets dragged in the muck by Greg Rosenthal a tad uh, in this article we're going to discuss. So I'm sure Payton doesn't love that. But again, win games and people shut up. Donald Willison Jr. saying good morning, Scott and Nick, Broncos country. Doldrums are hearing along with the personalities trying to stir the pot. Yeah, exactly. And also he says a tip of the cup to you both. Scott, I know you like being behind the monitors. However, I, I learn more by having you in front of them. That's <laughs> nice of you to say, Donald. Uh, definitely enjoy Scott being. Scott works well on both ends there, but uh, I definitely prefer working with him face to face. Kevin Gray, our guest monitor to monitor. Uh, Kevin Gray says good morning, Broncos country. Nick and Scott, well, there won't be any news. Uh, so let the rumors begin. <laughs> There'll be some news, I'm sure, at some point coming up here. But the uh, the big news is hopefully all done, uh, right? I think if any big news that comes out is probably a negative at this time of year. If you hear something, whether it be an injury or somebody getting in trouble with the law, hopefully there is no big news uh, that we hear. I guess any big news could also be a trade happening, but it didn't really happen. So I, I think the big news is no news is good news at this time of year. Yeah, you start, you go to like an ESPN national page in June and look at the side headlines and it's like arrested, arrested, accident, arrested, arrested, cut, uh, fight, Injured. you know, whatever. It's all bad. You want yeah. it quiet. Uh, it's, it might not be great for the talking points here, but um, keeping it quiet is, is, is what you want this time of year for if you're a, if you're in a franchise. I don't even say NFL. I mean, you could be a college franchise. Tell me those aren't franchises. They make just as much money and uh, generate as much revenue. They're franchises of the NCAA. Yep. They, uh, I'm glad the players are getting a little bit from the NIL here, but uh, it's weird with the whole 
I think it's a title nine. I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work out in the end, but it's a wild west out there. Uh, Jesse Hillborn coming in saying good morning, everyone. It's like national media will always hate on Denver, but this year with no news coming from the team, the old heads reporting are taking their shots out of spite. Uh, GR is a hack. Greg Rosenthal. I like Greg Rosenthal, but he's definitely uh, twisting that knife a bit on the Russell Wilson stuff. And again, I, if I was sitting here as well, I, you guys probably, if you didn't know me or hang out with me, you're like, wow, Nick is pretty rough on Russell Wilson. He's twisting that knife too. Well, he sucked last season and <laughs> there's really no ends and um, odds or ends about it. And the Broncos got, you know, eviscerated early on and how this trade return looks. So uh, the difference is, is we're going to keep it to his play yeah. and leadership. Maybe, you know, we might talk about that and maybe how reaction. We're not going to talk about personality to, to a certain, we're not going to, we're not going to make it personal with Russell Wilson. I don't, I don't really care what he does off the field as long as it's not hurting someone else. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be trying to be fair, but we'll be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Jason O'Neill coming in saying, good morning, Nick. Good morning, Scott. Morning, all Broncos country. Did anyone want to see the Broncos signed Cream Hunt or am I just dreaming? What are your thoughts on the signing? I did not see that. If that happened and I didn't make that the title of the show, then shame on me. Um, I guess I got back from the move, late movie late last night, but typically anything that happens, I'll get like a push notification or some sort of chatter about that. I believe. Benjamin Albright said that there was still discussion of that possibly happened, like not to close the door on that. I think I saw that come across my Twitter feed in the chaos that was the social medias this weekend and the world. Uh, but uh, the I didn't see anything yet about the Broncos making a move on Cream Hunt, but it sounds like they are looking for an additional running back via free agency, which makes sense. Yeah, well, you think, so who's the number two running back right now? Tony Brown? That's Tyler Beatty, I, I, Beatty, you know, that, that's, that's the problem is yeah. you're, you can't really count on Javante Williams being, being there. So you got some RJP Ryan and then who, who do you have a guy you just brought in from the XFL? Yeah. You know, I know we say it's easy to find running backs, but it wouldn't hurt to keep looking. Yeah. They're going to bring in another running back before the season starts without a doubt. And hopefully Javante Williams is ready for week one, but you know, that seems unlikely uh, at this point. So they're going to have to bring in some, some more competency at the position. They will be able to find bodies like we just talked about. Broncos brought in Latavius Murray at no point or midway through the season last season. And he was competent. They can probably do that again. Troy Boer coming in here saying, what are you guys' thoughts on second year edge rusher, Christopher Allen and whether he can make the 53 man roster talented player. I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he was ever going to be like a superstar talented kind of level player coming out of Alabama, but he was a highly rated recruit and he had some flashes out there at Alabama and last season went undrafted due to the injury. Uh, didn't play any games last season. I think he was on the non-football injury list because the injury occurred not when he was signed with the Broncos. So he could make the 53 for sure. What would be the ramifications of that? Maybe somebody like a Jonathan Cooper is traded. Maybe somebody like a Jacob Martin is traded, but uh, yeah, definitely Christopher Allen is somebody that during preseason and the whole off season, Keeping, keeping your ear out a bit. You know, maybe he's somebody who can have a, a flash out there. Maybe the Broncos can get a fourth round caliber player as an undrafted free agent because they were willing to wait a season on him. But got to stay healthy first and got to see what he looks like post injury. But he's definitely somebody who I think he's got a 50 50 shot of making the roster. Ooh, that's uh, speaking of over unders, that's higher than I probably would have given him. And you can tell I just changed tabs. StreamYard does not like it when you do that first and it puts you in super slow motion and then it speeds you up to catch up. But I think the audio should still be close. Um, he played in 19 games in college and four years in college. That's not great. He mm-hmm. hasn't played in two full seasons. He missed his last season in uh, at Alabama, missed all of last year. So if he doesn't play this year, it'll be three years without playing. I, I think... I wouldn't put it, I'd put it more like at 10%. He makes the 53. Um, but coming out 6'4, 255, had six sacks his one year of playing, uh, with 13 tackles for loss. So he knows how to get after it. I just mm-hmm. the the injuries have stacked up on him so badly that I just I don't have faith in it. And he just he just didn't play much in college because he was hurt too. And then he didn't play his last year at all because he was hurt, lingered into year two. Just I don't feel good about it, but would love to see him out there for sure. And what he has going for him is he's cheaper and more years of cost control. So if it's even close, a lot of times teams will go with the guys who are younger and you have more years of control. So somebody like a Cooper or again, a Jacob Martin would be there at a little bit of a disadvantage in my opinion in that situation, but he has to be out there and he has to be available. 
Yeah, and uh, thanks for the thanks for the 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 super chat, Troy. You were a big contributor uh, in April and have kept right on keeping on so far this month. So thank you so much. Speaking of always being there for us, is Michael Rankio coming in with the stars on Facebook? Says good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Um, then that all brings also brings in our guy. He says Gary Palmer comes in and Gary, congratulations on winning your Broncos jersey last night on the. Uh, the drawing, Nick, I don't know if you saw it, but I found a random generator for uh, lottery picks. So hmm. you could you could weight it each one, and then we counted up from one. And I think Gary was in third place, but finished the lottery with the number one pick and got the jersey. So congratulations. It says, uh, the Boo Birds are out. It's raining BS. Go Broncos. And that's part of the, you've got, 17 sports channels, not to mention talk radio, trying to fill airtime during a dead season. You know, what is ESPN, the Ocho, doing this time of year, if not making up talking points? So, yeah, and we do it too. Um, we try not to just throw out sensationalism, though, as a thing. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig in and we'll make fun of other people's sensationalism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's it can be tough. It can be a little bit of a grind sometimes. And, uh, you know, the, the you know, contract Colin Coward is on is significantly more than the one we're on. So he has to get ratings. And to do so, sometimes these guys have to say stuff that's coming out of their heinies. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We do that for free um, out here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we got Gatorade Gaming coming in. Good morning, Broncos country. What's up? Nick and Scott, just chilling, having fun with it. I uh, hope you are doing well, Gatorade Gaming. Jason O'Neill talking about the uh, cream hunt stuff, saying fake news perhaps. I don't think there's anything to that just yet, but keeping an eye on the Broncos, they're still looking for a running back. Jeremy Sean coming in from Mexico, saying morning, boys. Will I categorize Greg Rosenthal as trending down? Let's see how he likes it. Seriously, uh, though, how could we be going down last season when, everyone, uh, when we were everyone's favorite punching bag? It's just a... It's a cap on the Russell Wilson trade and how hard it is for the Broncos to climb out of that after the contract and what they gave up in comparison. I mean, like, you know, obviously it's a different pathway, different reality, but like where would the Broncos be if they didn't make that trade, did another year of lock slash Bridgewater or whatever the heck it is, and you had all those picks, Lord knows where they're at. Maybe Sean Payton isn't here. Maybe it's still Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe, maybe you're worse off because of that. I don't know. But the Russell Wilson trade was bad, looks bad, and it's going to take unbelievable turnaround from Wilson to – put that in the Broncos favor in any way at all. Here's how I see it, Nick. When you want to start writing stuff like that is okay. They're, they're trending down. Okay, Greg Broncos have a top five pick next year without trade. So they finish with a bottom five record. I give you a year's salary. Hmm. If they don't have a top five pick, you give me a year's salary. What do you think? Which one do you want to take Greg? I have a feeling I, I know which, which, which way he'd go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to your point about filling airtime and uh, an article like this. It's like, I got to write something here and uh, what's yeah. going to get people talking a little bit. But I mean, I'm backing I Jeremy on this one. It's like down. Yeah. It's damn near rock bottom, y'all. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's you think it's going to get worse? I don't think it's going to get worse. Again, I think it's just a cap on the it's more about capping the end of the comp uh, compensation. That was the Russell Wilson trade. And on the whole pre trade and post trade. Broncos as a team are probably trended down from that point. I mean, we talked about it two years ago before they made that Russell Wilson deal. It's like, oh my God, they have all these pieces in place. They got so much draft capital. They got a lot of salary cap room. They're just a quarterback away. And turns out that wasn't true. And then they made 
a play for the apparently the wrong quarterback. Uh, but again, that's one year of a sample size, and we'll see what it looks like with Sean Payton here. Maybe it's maybe it was all Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe Russell Wilson's an issue, and they're gonna have to learn to pivot off of that. We're gonna find or out. There's this somewhere in between now where you go seven and ten, and you look better doing it, and that's still heading in the right direction. But then you might have to nuke the roster, <laughs> and you could be trending down for 2024. Re, you know, because you're down, Wilson. you're up, you're way down, but then you get the steady rise as you just go ahead and give up on the. I, I know you've said before, I hate the. I'm half in on a rebuild. What am I doing here, man? If if it's not it, just blow it up and let's yeah. let's start over. Get what you can and start over instead of limping along with some big salaries. And I don't I don't think that'll happen because your biggest salary next year for 2024, if you don't play well, then you're you're gonna have a mean dead cap hit in 2024, but then you'll be done with it. You'll be done and you'll still be starting over. It'll be tough with how the contracts are set up, though. I think they have a lot of ballooning ones next season. I think the Broncos are actually in the negative in cap space in 2024 as it currently stands. So oh, it's, it's going to be 2024 is going to be tough. It'll, it'll be a yeah. take your medicine type of year. If, especially if Wilson, if is, it goes bad. Yeah. yeah if it goes yeah. bad. <sighs> oh, well, but we'll see. Um, sorry. Side jar there for that side one. Jar. Richard, <laughs> Richard miles. Good morning, gentlemen. Hope all is well with you and Broncos fans out there. We're having fun. We, uh, we got Albert Nopper saying good morning. I hope you all can stay cool. But staying cool overall. We got Conga Hydra coming in laughing. Well, we're laughing too. I don't know what that's about. He's but, a Seattle uh, Seahawks fan, possibly. Ah, well, God bless, man. Good luck yeah, with he's, everything. He's, he's behaved okay, though. So we, we don't, yeah. again, we don't have a problem with other people. Just have fun. Be nice. Don't come yep. in here and broke suck. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. You're, you're blame. Yep. Gary Palmer, 999. Good morning, and Scott. The boo. Oh, we already got this one. But Gary, good to see you again. Um, Denver Luke, morning, guys. Good to see you. We got Aki Dragon with the always the clever quips coming in saying Alan and Gregory might get four games combined. Hey, that's uh four games more than we had from uh Alan last season. So we'll see. Kyla Maples, good morning. I think Broncos. that was his point. Yeah, um, for sure. But <laughs> just cruising right on along because I wanted to say hello to Aki. Uh is the team still working out in Dove Valley? Who does pre- when does preseason begin? I don't even know when preseason begins. Typically, you start to see things really start to pop up in August, I believe, maybe the very end of July. So kind of be looking forward then. But uh, well, Rookie yes. minicamp begins this week, and rookie there will be some veterans that are trying to make the team that have been invited in as well. Yep. So it'll be fun, all the tryouts and stuff as well. So it'll be uh, it's a fun time. We'll have some more news and can't make too much out of it. Just hoping again for what's what can happen this time of year that's bad news or what's news. Guys get in trouble and guys getting uh, – Injured, so hopefully no injuries. Uh, Wicked Royalty come in and saying good morning. Just wanted to send a shout out to Philip Lindsay and say I hope you come back to Denver. But no matter what, you always be a Colorado kid. Don't be mad, Scott. <laughs> what do you think here, Scott? Here, here's what I think on that. I have no problem with you being a fan of a player. None. Where I start getting a little agitated with it is some of the. Oh, what do I what do I like to call when people change revi- revisionist history? Mm-hmm. You know, where people start getting critical of the Denver Broncos making that move to not retain Philip Lindsay when the following two years that he's been gone from the Broncos has proven without a shadow of a doubt that they made the right choice. Rather than pay this guy, he can't get on the field anywhere else. And that includes the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um so he's been with three teams and hasn't been able to get on the field since he left the Broncos. He's in the XFL. Be a fan. I got no problem with that, but I'm not going to be critical of the Denver Broncos for releasing a guy who can't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good story. Um, really helped the Broncos limp along in some terrible lean years uh, without a doubt, but you know, just has not been very good. Maybe he's somebody who can get a camp tryout kind of situation. That's where he's at right now. He's a camp yeah. tryout kind of ability. And again, shout out to Philip Lindsay. I definitely, uh, you know, had interactions with his family on Twitter and whatnot. They seem like good people too. And Philip seems like a great guy, but NFL's rough. He came in older with a lot of carries and has a limited skill set. And he was a, you know, shining star burning up in the uh, atmosphere. And then that over in an instant, uh, that's the life of most players in the NFL, especially most running backs. So, uh, We'll see what happens, but he's never uh, probably going to buy for him to get a get a practice, you know, get a practice squad somewhere and and keep earning a paycheck. And I'm glad the XFL is there, so some of these guys can continue to earn a play, paycheck playing the game they love. I I, lo- I love the opportunity for them. It's a, you know, most of us the day we 
take a helmet off in high school, we're done with mm-hmm. the game. You know, it's not like soccer or basketball. You can keep playing those two games at the, at the same game, 5v5 full court for a long, long time. Where baseball, yeah, adult leagues up, you know, it's it, you, you, most of us transition to softball <laughs> by the time as adults. Football is done. Tackle football, you're done at 18. 99% of you are done at 19 years old, 18 years old. So the opportunities for these guys to continue to play and earn a living without having to go college NFL, I, I'm, I love it. I, I, I love it for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the uh, excitement and the benefits of the XFL out there. So having another league is uh, good for all around. And just kind of a puts pressure on the NFL as well. Jamal Killings, morning Broncos country. Good to see you, Jamal. We got Keith, Alyssa, Danabom coming in saying, yo, what's up, Broncos country? Shout out from Kansas. Hope everybody has a good week. Hope you have a good week too. Jasmine with a good question saying, what do you all expect to see the most improvement this season for the Broncos? She says special teams. Great shout out, Jasmine. I'm going to agree with you on special teams. I think with every single draft pick they've made, uh, Kentrell Clark they've brought in, uh, just the coaching staff difference in here. I think special teams is going to be the unit that does improve, uh, improve the most. I think on the surface, most people would probably say offensive line for the Broncos, but I think special teams is the shout here. I, I'm going to agree with you 100%. I think that's a good one. And, and if you say what area, for, for what comes to mind for me right away is offensive efficiency. Hmm. Um, it just should look better. <laughs> you know, it's, it just should look more organized. And there should be some sort of direction, some sort of plan. Everybody's got a plan. It should just look like you know what you're doing when you get on the field on offense. Whether or not you have the success, there should be a commitment to a style, uh, that type of thing. It just, I don't know how else to put it without just saying it should look when you're on offense like you you know what you're doing. Even if you're not good at it, hey, we want to run the ball. This is going to be our identity, and this is what we are doing. We're sticking to it. As opposed to the scatter shot, draw a play out of a hat and then go three yards backwards while the play clock's running down to one and your offensive linemen are looking around. It was just so disorganized last year. Yeah. Uh disheveled. You know, so on the just it should be a much cleaner watch. Like, hey, I, I see what we're trying to do. We might not be very good at it, but at least I understand there's a direction that this team is an identity that they're trying to instill in this team where last year it was just a mess. I mean, just getting into it a little bit, I think it was on the, the ringer podcast. They talked about the Broncos being totally incompetent and just leader, a rudderless boat last season. And the coaches would have game plans and like scouting reports and whatnot. And then like the Friday before the, the game, Russell Wilson's camp would try to install new plays and like give a scattering report that like coaches like didn't even agree with on some of this. So there was just way too many cooks in the kitchen and people who were trying to do more jobs that weren't their job uh, out there. So with Sean Payton coming to town, that shit's not going to fly. Pardon my language here, but that uh, E on explicit on there, but that's just, it's not going to happen. And Sean Payton would be the first to tell you that. So, and it's, this is hearsay very much. So I can admit that, but it sounded like there was just, total weirdness in terms of job titles and power and dynamics and everything out there where it's like, now what is this? This is not what we're doing. Get out of here. This is Sean Payton's team. And uh, guess what? If you don't like it too damn bad, there's the door. Um, So we said that from the beginning, there's not going to be any question about who's in charge. None, Mm -hmm. zero, none. Uh, Greg Penner. (laughs) After that though, for daily football operations, it's Payton, but not the one that was there before. It's, it's Sean Payton. He's in charge. Just, you know, and, and you can tell he, he doesn't even try and hedge his answers on that. You know, it's like, Oh, what do you think about Russell Wilson's office? We'll, we'll take a look at everything and we'll have some decisions and we'll, we'll come to the consensus as we're no, no, no. It's what? No, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, are we going to, are we going to, we going to treat, put these guys in kid gloves and, and, and play patty cake during spring training and, and summer camp. No, we're, we're going to, we're going to hit, we're going to play football. So, you know, it's this, this guy's in charge and the only time he hedges around a little bit is when they start talking draft. I think he does a pretty good job of protecting George Payton in that regard. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Sean Payton's in charge. Yeah, without a doubt. Philip Hagginson, morning to you. Lance Johnson, good to see you. Top of the morning, fellas. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you. We got Glenn coming in here. I don't recognize his name. Glenn Beaumont saying, saw a question elsewhere. Who would you go after as the Broncos? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Philip Lindsay, or Shelby Harris? Thoughts? 
I would be happy with Ezekiel Elliott or Shelby Harris. We already kind of talked about Philip Lindsay earlier, uh, but Shelby Harris would be great. And we talked on the show before this on Scott's channel, uh, talking about the Falcons, that uh, this is a team that has a lot of depth and waves, especially on the interior defensive line. And right now the Broncos on the interior are scary thin uh, right now. You do not have waves. So bringing in Shelby Harris, I think would be awesome uh, for this team, for the rotation. Even if he's not a starter, you need to be able to rotate uh, guys in and out. And there's, you know, 60% of snaps for somebody who can play a one or three technique up front there. And I think Shelby Harris could be somebody who could fill that role quite nicely. So out of this list, honestly, the one that I would be most interested in is Shelby, because I think you can find a running back out there. It doesn't have to be Zeke. Yeah. I, I think Zeke may decide I don't want to play for, I, I think I looked it up. He's made like $70 million. You know, he may not want to play for 3 million and, and, and he's earned that right. Good for him. You know, and, and people kind of say, I've seen some negativity. I think that's a positive. You know, well, if, if you don't want to play for that, well, bye. Well, yeah, congratulations, dude. You've earned a lot of money and you've earned the right to decide if you want to play how much wear and tear. It's a rough game, y'all. I mean, running into guys that most of them that I've known that played into the college level, they have trouble getting out of bed at 38, 40 years old. If he doesn't want to play, more power to you. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I get it. So... I would go to Vance. I would go to um, Justin Simmons and say, what about Shelby? You know, is he somebody you want back in this locker room? Yes or no. And I would be, be very interested in their answers. And if he's not here, we may know what that answer was because there's, there's a dynamic there where you're trying to change the culture of this team and you're bringing in a guy that may have never had a winning season with the Denver Broncos. Uh, mm -hmm. Could be part of the reason Bradley Chubb was on the way out. You know, there's it's it's a culture change, and there's somebody new in charge. Yeah. Troy has a, has a good question here. If it's ever slow and appropriate for the show, would love to hear about the life of a scout, how they do their jobs, how they watch games differently, etc. Maybe better on Scott's channel. Um, either way, we can we can absolutely work that in. Um, it, it might fit a little bit better on on my channel, but um, we'll have lots of time during the summer and stuff where where we can talk about it. But there's the scouts are watching the individual almost entirely. The the stats in football are almost completely irrelevant. You can do a pretty good job with that in baseball. Um, is the best stat based scouting? You know, if he's if he hits good, why didn't he? If he's a good hitter, why didn't he hit good? Type of thing. Um, but you're you're focusing almost entirely on the individual because football for me is the best team sport in sports it's the mm -hmm. one that you rely the most on being units as opposed to individual brilliance yeah i agree with you but baseball is the best for the stats because the sample size is massive and the conditions are very one-on-one -on -one. i mean yeah, pitching and hitting is, levels yes yeah it's it's a it's a good statistical game or football again it's about the system overall and uh, it's dependent every single guy is dependent on everyone else doing their job and being good at it so uh Definitely one that you have to trust the eye. And what about scouts? I mean, a scout's job is a lonely, tough job. Um, you are on the road. You live out of a suitcase. You're at facilities in the college game early. You know, a lot of times about access. Uh, I think I've heard Daniel Jeremiah talk about it. It's like you want to be the scout that's known for bringing in the best donuts for the staff. So to get in there early, like, oh, I wanted to, you know, talk. Yeah, Nick froze up a little, bit, a little bit about the, who's standing out for you. So. Bringing in food. You, you froze up just a hair, Nick. I, I always kind of joked, you know, we, we always got crap. You know, we were the first internet media scouts around. I mean, I was at the dawn of the internet age in the late 90s. It's like, if these guys were any good, they'd be working on a staff somewhere. I'm like, dude, I make three times what these intro scouts make. And I don't have to be on the road 280 days a week and away from my family. Now, if I had known then what I know now, I might have started doing that at 20 and loved it. But mm -hmm. by the time, you know, married at 26, 27 years old and house and kid on the way and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not going to go sleep on couches and basically take a, a, a glorified internship in order to work my way up to where I already am. My ceiling might not be as high, but I like my floor and I don't have to sleep on one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot about connections and learning about these staffs and getting insight, and, you know, bending these coaches here and getting access to practices and these teams 
measurement numbers. I mean, I think Michigan has like 20 athletic testing points that they gather and measure and like they're proprietary, a lot of them. And they kept under lock and key out there. And if you're a uh, scout who, you know, makes some good connections there, maybe you can, you know, glean some things that otherwise you won't. It's as much a investigator position as it is a evaluating talent out there. Also you get insight as far as there's something you can get um, from watching these players on the field, being on the field, watching them interact, watching their body types, their movement versus the watching them on camera. I mean, it's, it's different watching them live. So uh, it's a lot of that stuff, but it is a long, hard job and a thankless job. And you put in, you know, a full year of work and then a new coach comes in and watches, you know, 20 minutes in tape and be like, I don't care what the co- that scout has to say. This is my guy. So um, it's a, uh, it's a tough, thankless job um, without a doubt. Gyla coming in with some big stars. Thank you for, uh, for the support. I know you like to hit Facebook and YouTube and we love you no matter where you are. So thank you for the support. Appreciate you coming in with the the stars and the support. And there's some Dalton Reisner talking here coming on now. Um, let me see here. It was Eric comes in. He says, Eric says Dalton uh, Reisner still hasn't been signed to a team yet. Um, no, he hasn't. And this could be one of those where it waits until August. Now, you know, mm-hmm. people want to see what they've got with who they've already got in, how some of their rookies look develop early. You know, is this a guy we can count on early? Um, and then, you make a decision on a veteran going into camp, you know, the first week of August. No, this isn't going to work. We need to get a, we need to bring in a guard here. Um, but you know, the valuation, you look at, you look, I love spot rack for their facts. Some of their prognostications just make me smack my head. Um, you know, the, the, the early valuation on Dalton riser was like 14 million. I think it might be down to seven or eight now. And if you paid him more than three, you're overpaying. Three's a lot. Three is three million for a guard puts him at like 30th or 31st in the NFL, which is average pay for a starting guard because there's two starting guards. There's 64 starters. So three million isn't a an insult. Average. It's about mm-hmm. as high as I would go, man. And I'd have to be desperate. Yeah, I mean. Didn't play well last season. Uh, not a power player by any means. I am surprised that he's still out there. Uh, oh, but Nick, you should see the, you should see the narrative around him, though. I searched his name just for the hell of it the other day and hit Dalton Reisner News, and it's best available free best available free agents. Mueller, Pounder, you know this this reputation he's gotten as a a ground of it. You know, might not be great in a zone scheme or with movement, but he'll bury the guy in front of him. I'm like. This all has to come off of that ESPN run block grade that has them really good because you're not watching this guy play yeah, and saying he's a mauler. No way. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I'm pulling for him. Still seems like a good guy. I know he did a lot of charitable work, um, but uh, the fact that he's still out there, I think, uh, does say something. Um, but Rob Buxbaum saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. At this point, does Reisner play? We'll see what happens. we got our guy Lawrence saying, what's up? I'm in basketball mode right now and can't believe Joker's points last night. And they still lost. I saw that they lost. I'm pulling for the Nuggets. Uh, some comp, uh, controversy on the, the boundary on the sideline as well. Uh, I don't know. I was at the Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, hopefully they can beat the Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Phoenix Suns. I got no love for Phoenix anything, Arizona. So hopefully Denver can uh, win some football games. I, I'm I'm like anti-golf even too. So like all the people that down, oh, we got to go golfing in Arizona. It's like, leave me That's alone. too hot. I yeah, want God. air conditioning in Arizona. And a pool. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, Kayleon Green. Yo, good to see you, Kayleon. Hope you're doing well. And I did want to get to the quote. We got Michaela Israel in here. Kevin Gray's in the house. Good to see you both. Hope you're doing well. Uh, but quote from uh, Greg Rosenthal before we start to wrap up this show is now it's the offseason. We'll be getting a little bit shorter on these. Uh, he has the Broncos as firmly trending down following the 2023 NFL draft. And it has, be, it has to do with Russell Wilson. Uh, the Broncos side of the Russell Wilson's draft trade is the reason the Broncos are trending down. And he said, if Wilson doesn't dramatically improve in 2023, this deal is going down like Herschel Walker to the Vikings. Ouch. Uh, Sean Payton has done everything possible to help Wilson in Denver this offseason, investing in the offensive line and adding to the Broncos considerable receiver depth with Marvin Mims, 63 overall, in the second round. Even if Wilson b- bounces back to above average in 2023, though, the contract, the draft picks, and the time the Broncos gave up to get him probably won't be worth it. And uh, talks about the listing of the Broncos trade. Broncos get Russell Wilson and Ioma Awuzurike. Seahawks in the trade get Charles Cross, 
Devon Witherspoon, Boye Mafe, Derek Hall, Tyreek Smith, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and Drew Locke. Now, obviously not all of those hit, but it's mainly the the draft picks there that the Broncos gave up to the Seahawks, and then they end up getting those guys. Not great, um, without a doubt on that. Uh, looking, we'll see if those guys turn out, but those are cost-controlled players over multiple years that uh, probably would have been better than having Russell Wilson and the opportunity cost that Rosenthal talked about. So I'm not going to bury Rosenthal for the trending down listing the Broncos and this uh, Russell Wilson trade, but uh, it uh, it does have a chance to go down as the worst trade since the Herschel Walker trade. Yeah, and the, the Herschel Walker trade, again, you might have overpaid. Herschel had 3,000 yards from scrimmage and 25 touchdowns in three years with Minnesota. Um, you'd be happy with a similar level of production from Russell Wilson, and it wouldn't seem so bad. Yeah. They just gave up so much. The Herschel Walker thing was – if you knew then – I mean, this guy, Georgia ran him into the ground. UGA mm-hmm. did. He spent two or three years in the USFL – being run into the ground. And then he was with the Cowboys for six years. By the time he got to Minnesota, I'm going to say at least 300 carries for 10 years. I mean, he probably had 3,500 carries plus touches, returning kicks and everything. You know, if we knew then what we know now, yeah, he's was that he was still productive was kind of just give a testament to the physical phenomenon that Herschel Walker was, but trending down. When were they trending up? You know, that, that's the, the question I have. When was when was Broncos all of a sudden on the way up right now? They, they've been down, you know. Mm-hmm. So is the outlook for the teams like you, you automatically assume that a team is down, should be on their way back up because that's the way the the NFL is, is set up is to reward losing so teams don't stay losers despite the fact that they've made a ton of bad decisions. We're going to reward you for that with higher draft picks, which you, by the way, traded away. Um, those picks will be coming back. You get your first rounder back next year. Um, but the salary cap situation could be where you have to hit the reset button in 2024. So I think, I think the team should be better. Like I said, if I'm going to say, Greg, if trending down to you means I'll even give you the five as the mark because they had the fifth worst record last year. I'll even give you the five. Down would be one through four, but I'll give you a top five. They finish with a top five pick, fifth worst record or worse. Then you get a year's salary from me. And if they don't, you pay me or your salary. He wouldn't take that bet. Hmm. So is it the long-term outlook now that's a little scarier? I think... Honestly, just to defend Greg a little bit, I think what's trending down is the outcome of the trade the Broncos did for bringing in Russell Wilson more so than the Broncos themselves. I think is what he's I trying to it get looks, at. It, it looks awful. It, it yeah, it's you're bottomed out on the trade right now because Russell Wilson was horrendous last year. I mean, have they bottomed out because we yeah, have to still think he happened. can bounce back? You're not sure if yeah. he's done or not. That so I, I get that. And we still haven't seen what every single one of these picks that the Broncos gave up. If Devon Witherspoon ends up being a franchise cornerback and Charles Cross ends up being a top five. What's that to do with the Broncos, though? Because those are opportunities. But those are guys they gave up. So it still can trend down. Like the Broncos, just bringing it back to the Broncos. The perception like, oh, this is getting worse and worse for the Broncos as Seattle keeps getting better and better. Yeah, and the players that they could have had in those spots. I mean, I'll never forget or forgive. Uh, Josh McDaniels trading a future first round pick to move up and get a minuscule cornerback named Alfonso Smith and the Broncos traded with the Seahawks and guess who the Seahawks end up taking with the pick the Broncos gave up a guy uh, by the name of Earl Thomas. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, that's yeah. who they end up getting uh, with that pick that the Broncos gave up. So um, Seahawks, man, maybe just quit trading with them. Goodness, <laughs> oh, I told you I wanted to do that skit. What to do yeah. a skit. I don't know the name of the general manager of the Seahawks, but like, you know, He'd be on the phone. Let's just say his name's uh, Achy Dragon. Schneider. Achy. Schneider. What is Schneider? Mr. Schneider, you have a phone call. I'm busy. I'm busy. It's it's George Payton. Whoa! Give me the phone! Now! <laughs> Put him through! Right away! Yeah. We'll yeah. take it! We'll take it! <laughs> we, I haven't told you the terms. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, that's that's one where it probably could still trend down if those picks, if any of those guys ends up being you know great players that we don't know about yet. But they could miss on all of them, too. Um, so, uh, Brandon G coming at me saying Nick is really struggling to reach those straws. I got long arms, um, here. I can reach any straws. Uh, but, uh, I'm just saying that this could still continue to look to trend down based on, cause we don't know what the, the players that the Seahawks took in the trade end up becoming. 
So uh, it's it's rough for the Broncos on that trade front. I don't think the Broncos themselves are trending down more because, again, we talked about it. They definitely added an adult to the room, and I think they've made themselves a little bit less dependent on Russell Wilson, not only being a great quarterback, but being the leader and the person directing this franchise, which is a good move for the Broncos. So I don't think the Broncos are trending down so much, but the Russell Wilson trade, I don't know if it has bottomed out because we only have one year of sample size. If it looks like that again, if you have to take the dead cap hit on top of that, that makes it trend down even more. So unfortunately, I don't think, I don't think we've hit hit the floor yet. I just, yeah. And that that's possible. I just, I think this year will be better. Yeah. And I think the long-term prospects for the Denver Broncos are still good because you got the right you got the right coach and you've got ownership that will back him, and that that's really yeah. where it started. Now, again, we'll see how it goes this year. We, we we've said this for over a year, Nick. Where the salaries are set up for some of your big money players, mm-hmm. except Russell Wilson, you have to take a pretty monster dead cap hit. But you could, you could, you could. Yeah. Justin, uh, not well. Justin Simmons is. His, this is flexible after his flexible this year, let alone next year. Yeah. Garrett Bowles, same, but the new contracts for Randy Gregory, you can get out of that one after this year for, um, why am I Tim Patrick for yeah. Tim Patrick, uh, Cortland Sutton, you can get out of those this year. You can, well, frankly, you could be out from under Jerry Judy's contract as well this year. Cause he's going to get, Oh no, no, next year. I always forget. It's, it's two years of control, but you can absolutely, hit the reset button and rebuild with Sean Payton. I said that when he was hired, why would anybody come to this team? This is why, because mm-hmm. I could have a clean slate in 2024 to rebuild the team in my image with the richest owners in American sports. Okay. At, with the Denver Broncos, one of the premier franchises in the premier league in the United States. Okay. That sounds pretty yeah. good. Sounded pretty good to Sean Payton too. What's a little bit weird about that is that the moves the Broncos made this offseason were not a team setting themselves up for a easier transition to move on, but rather a team that said the time to go is now. We are all in right now. I mean, they traded future capital to move up. They went and paid big contracts. I mean, I think Mike McGlinchey is a top 10 paid tackle now in the NFL or definitely the big top- money went to two linemen that you could keep for seven, eight years. Yes. You know, you could you could keep those guys yep. till they're 33, 34 years old. So they could be long-term pieces. Yeah. That are still there. You didn't you didn't give them three-year deals for a 29-year-old that you brought yeah. in. You know, yep. you, you bought you bought yourself some foundational pieces. Zach Allen, you know, instead of you yep. know, someone another young guy, another building block that you can build around. So I still think I still think you're in a in a position where you can hit the reset button around a new core of Denver Broncos next year, but we could all be, we could be blowing smoke right here. Everything could be sunshine and unicorns next season. Yeah. Would be pretty crazy um, to see Russell Wilson turn around, but I mean, we're going to have another year of data to get together and uh, find out what this team is all about and what it looks like uh, with Wilson under the Sean Payton. I mean, maybe he maximized it. Hell, I mean, maybe Jarrett Stidham beats him out at some point this season and uh, we're moving on the Stidham era. Who knows? Um, Jasmine coming in 1999 saying Russell Wilson was terrible last season. And I feel like last season was an outlier for him. It was overall a uh, new coaching, new team injuries, not to mention he was a punching bag all last season. He'll come back with a vengeance this season. Hopefully so. Um, you know what? It's a lot of it's on him and hopefully he can be healthy too. I thought last season after that injury, he kind of definitely fell apart a bit. And this is going to be a team that I think maximizes his strengths more as a quarterback. And heck, maybe last season was a reality check, uh, for Wilson as well. So, um, We'll see. It's going to be a new season and everybody's sleeping on the Broncos. So I think it's going to be one that maybe they're right to sleep on them, but uh, there are no expectations, no reason to play tight, go out there and, you know, just go out there, try to win some games. And I'm excited about Sean Payton. He definitely brings not only an adult in the room, but somebody who has a vision uh, as well. Um, appreciate you, Jasmine. Hope you are doing well. Thank you so much. And I want to hit this before we say hello to FA, say aloha, cause then we'll probably say goodbye. Uh, but the freak says Russ was washed two years before the Broncos traded for him. It was a bad decision that reeked of desperation, not an outlier. Um, TF, uh, comparatively speaking, it is, it's still an outlier. And that was the thing, you know, Russ has been on the decline. Okay. Even if he is, even if you agree, which I don't necessarily do because two years ago, he had a monster year last year. He had his, or the, the year before he had his, uh, injury, his first real injury came back and Dang. still had numbers that, weren't great for him 
but we're still three times better than what you got last year. Mm-hmm. Even if you got a declining Russell Wilson, that would be much, much improved over what you got last year. Last year was off a cliff. So, you, yeah. you know, if you're looking at a, at, a, at a line graph of production and it goes like this and then it starts coming down a little bit, bottom out, does it come back up at all? It doesn't have to come back up to where it was for him to be considerably better. So that, that's the thing when we, we, we talk about this with, you know, Seattle Seahawks fans coming in, we, we told you so, we told you so, we told, you didn't tell us this. No yeah. one expected this. He was yeah. horrendous. He might not have been the all pro guy, which he was just the year before he came to the Broncos, but he went from, you know, if he was top five for years and then goes to seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, he went to 28. Even if he gets back to 15, you can, you can be a playoff team that way. Yeah. Didn't necessarily pay for 15, right. uh, but you will you, pay cost. for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it was a bad decision that reeked of desperation, mm-hmm. but his performance overall was still an outlier because it was off a cliff bad, not just declining. Yeah. And I think even just, you know, changing the offense to match his style where it's going to be more run oriented, uh, under center play action, deep shots. I mean, Sean Payton's going to maximize him and put him in the best situation to succeed at that point or minimize him and put him in the best position to succeed. <laughs> Maximize what he does well. I know. Uh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, you know who's maximizing us today is F.A. coming in here saying, good morning, guys. Have a great show. Well, I think it's been a good show. I definitely was uh, more on the uh, Greg Rosenthal side of the comment. I mean, reading the article again, he talked about like who's trending down Kenneth Walker fantasy owners. I think he was talking more about the Broncos Wilson outcome of the trade versus the Broncos themselves on that. So, I mean, it's, again, it's just punching the Broncos when they're down about this Russell Wilson trade. I get that. But. I think it should be better this season, uh, hopefully, for the Broncos. Kevin Gray coming in. Hi, guys. Thanks for a great show. Appreciate you. Also, appreciate the shout-out from Keith here saying, rewap some of the MHH draft coverage, Nick. I wish I had your hair, and I would never cover it up as much as you do. Guess what? If I uh, was having my hair out here for the 6 a.m. shows and whatnot, I'd have to be waking up at, like, 5 and showering and stuff, and then showering again after I watch the dog. So for the morning shows, it's probably going to be the hat because I don't want to mess with you guys with the, uh, the bed head there. Also, I mean, it's branding Broncos for breakfast hat there. We got to, we got to brand out there. And Jacob coming in, throwing a little trash here, but he's like, I love how Broncos fans are so optimistic. Your roster is not talented. You have Simmons and Sertan. That's it. QB is washed. Uh, BJ's your D coordinator. Enjoy the basement again. I think one, I'm not a Broncos fan Two, the optimist is saying, I don't think they finish with the fifth or worst record in the NFL. That's not a bold statement saying that they could be 27th instead of 28th. <laughs> yeah. That That's not a bold statement. Saying that they could be better, is that overly optimistic after having a have bringing in Sean Payton and some shoring up the offensive line? I don't think that's overly optimistic. I think it's pretty realistic. Could they finish last in the AFC West again? Yeah, yeah. they could. That doesn't mean they won't be better. Won't yeah. be better. We spent... Three quarters of the show talking about hitting the nuke button in 2024, man. Come on. Don't just come in late and start throwing shade. Yeah, I don't know if that's a Raiders fan or whatnot, but uh, <laughs> we'll see who uh, finishes last place. I mean, what are the Broncos at right now, according to Vegas? Eight and five, 8.5 over under? 7.5 over under? I think, they, I think, I think they're at eight. I think it's eight and a half. I think it's eight and a half, and that's a good spot. That's where I'd probably put them as well. Right at about 500. Need to see how it plays out this season. Uh, but... Should be a team that is trending, despite what Greg Rosenthal said about trending the wrong direction. Maybe the, the Russell Wilson trade is trending the wrong direction, but the team itself is not trending in the wrong direction, in my opinion. So uh, and if the freak come in and say Raiders should own the basement. Yeah, they should definitely own the basement. They are a pretty poor team. Uh, Michael Ronquillo, great show, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Yeah, definitely will, uh, will be a fun season without a doubt. And the Broncos trending, I think in the right direction with Sean Payton and will be a better season. Talk about this team being bad too. We've talked about it on here a lot, Scott, uh, having competency in the room, having better special teams. I mean, God, that special teams last year probably cost him two games, which is incredible for a unit like that. Uh, the having an identity going forward, a team that was the most procedural errors in the entire NFL on the offensive side of the ball with false starts and holdings and delay of games delay and whatnot. Games. Yes. Just, and then also the injury luck, the worst injury luck. Busted plays because of possible yep. delay of games. You know, it yep. was just, like I said, what area? Just efficiency, organization. Yep. That's that's not 
too much to ask, is it? That's not overly optimistic, is it? To say that, hey, this team should look like they know what they're doing when they hit the field. Wow, that's that's a bold statement. <laughs> I mean, week, week one, we should have uh, Sean Payton come in and just do a monologue of uh, uh, Pacino's inches speech from, uh, was it the replacements? Was that the one where he, or Any uh, Given Sunday? It may have been Any Given Sunday. I, any I, Given I, Sunday. I actually have not seen that movie. Okay. Well, he gives one about, it's about the inches in football. And for sure, the Broncos last season, those inches became yards rather quickly, unfortunately. Lawrence Averis and Austin, we still need a star receiver to show Judy the way like we did Vaughn. Pretty hard to find uh, star receivers in the league. Maybe the Broncos stink. The only way I think the Broncos are bringing a star receiver is if they stink so much next season that they bring in somebody early in the draft. And if they have a high pick, are they going to end up bringing a Marvin Harrison Jr.? Are you talking quarterback slash offensive tackle? I don't know. Um, but You don't need a star to show them how to be a good pro. I mean, no. it, Tim Patrick has come up from what? You know, there's your example right there. There's the guy that should be the leader, but it's hard to be a leader when you're on the sidelines on crutches. Mm-hmm. You know, so going out and setting the example and, and Jerry Judy's now old enough where he need, he needs to start being accountable on his own. I think it'd be what, 23 next year. Um, been in the league. This will be his fourth season in the league, but you don't necessarily have to have a star receiver to show someone how to be a good pro. Yeah. Yep. Without a doubt. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate everybody coming in and lively discussion. Um, it's the off season. So digging in on some of these things, even though we don't necessarily fully agree with Greg Rosenthal, we appreciate him for uh, feeding the content machine because we will eat it up uh, gladly. So make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here, please, if you're joining us on YouTube today, subscribe, like, and share, hit that bell. So that way, you know, when we go live, and uh, we will be back again live tomorrow. Not too many more shows with the uh, the Monday morning. So hope you guys appreciating that. Uh, Scott, any final thoughts before we get on out of here? Just want to say thanks to Shar. We missed you uh, just a moment ago. So I want to come back and say thank you for the stars and for the support. Uh, and everybody that came in today makes it. Uh, this is why we do it. We, we enjoy talking sports, but uh, we do it live because we want to do it with y'all. So thank you very much. Well, appreciate everyone. Like I always like to say to close out these shows, make sure you're continuing to choose kindness and compassion. It's hard to do that out there these days, but you know, take a second reflect and is what I'm doing being kind. Uh, so think about that uh, when you do that and uh, appreciate everybody. Gatorade Gay- gaming also coming in saying boo to the St. Louis Cardinals. I will boo them with you. They've been other horrible, utterly disappointing. That's not very kind of me, but it's sports. So you know, get it. Maybe if you can get it out with something like that, but appreciate everyone. You have a great rest of your week. Have a great Monday and we will see you again tomorrow. Until then go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.